2: presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
3: Welcome to Fitness Disrupted, a production of iHeartRadio. I am Tom Holland and this is Fitness Disrupted. Listener mailbag number two. Second show, On your questions, people who have reached out to me through various means, whether it's been email or social media, some great questions. So I am going to do these shows periodically and actually more frequently now because I have lots and lots of questions from you, all awesome questions. And the great thing about these types of questions are that I have found over the years they are common question. So in other words, they're going to apply to so many of you. So many of you have these same questions. So today I'm going to go through six, six. Yeah. Six questions that I've received recently. And here's how it's going to go. I decided that kind of the way this works is it is really similar to what happens to me at functions like a cocktail party. I'll be out and about with my wife and inevitably either people who know me or that find out what I do for a living. I often get asked questions all the time and I love it. And what I'm going to do for this show is pretty much the same thing as if we met at a party and you asked me this question, I got a couple minutes, right? And I'm going to try to give you as much information and as much takeaway information as possible in that short amount of time. And what's interesting about many of these questions are that some I've answered maybe in one way or more in other podcasts. And when that comes up, I will refer to those shows. And some of these are going to be future podcasts. So there's one question in particular that there's like three great podcasts that I have written down already that are in the loop to be done as standalone podcasts. So there's just a lot of great stuff here. But that's kind of the fun, quick way that I'm going to answer these. Not a lot of science in these. And again, the science will come in those separate podcasts if they have not already. Does that make sense? Okay, so six great questions, kind of questions that are all over the place. Got some nutrition, got some strength training, got some older exerciser questions. Just awesome. So these are six that that I really love and that I think you will find super helpful. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, listener mailbag number two. We'll be right back.
4: It's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in
3: every journey. All right, we are back taking your questions or questions that I have received And I love this. I love my job. I love being out and about and getting asked questions about fitness and nutrition and exercise. And let's just jump right into it. All right. First question. Love this one. Can you talk about fasting and if it really helps in weight loss? Now, let me throw to a podcast I did with Matt Fitzgerald Diet Cults. I know it's a provocative title. But he is one of the smartest people in the business. I have modeled my career after him. Uh, He is an endurance athlete. He is a phenomenal writer. He's coming out with two more books as we speak. He's written dozens, I believe. I mean, crazy. So if you haven't listened to that show and you have a question about fasting, I want you to listen to Diet Cults. All right. But let me give you the quick, my quick takeaway when it comes to fasting. And I was just talking about fasting the other day with one of my brothers. I have five brothers, six boys total. One of the reasons I'm kind of nuts. All right. And he's doing intermittent fasting and he was asking me questions about it. And he listens to the show or knows my philosophy enough to preface what he's saying with, I know you're not a huge fan of it. So you say, why not? So why not? So when it comes to fasting and that second question, Or the first question, kind of the only question, and if it really helps with weight loss. If you decrease your calories, you will lose weight. Now, here is an interesting topic of discussion, though. And Matt Fitzgerald and I talked about this when we talked about diet cults. That because there are so many different one way to eat, right, this is the way. It's intermittent fasting, or it's paleo, or it's vegan, or it's low carb, or it's high fat. That shows you that there's a problem, right? And here are two diametrically opposed philosophies when it comes to not eating. So back when I was a trainer... And working with clients, quite often people would say to me, and they still to this day actually, I don't think I'm losing weight because I'm going too long without eating. And I hear and I'm told that when you don't eat for long periods of time, what happens? They tell you that your metabolism slows down and it tries because it knows it's starving. And so it holds on to fat. So you don't lose weight because you're not eating enough. And now we have intermittent fasting where it's the same thing. With supposedly the exact opposite result. In other words. The body must not go into starvation mode. And slow your metabolism down. And hold on to fat. Because it knows the body is starving. Or thinks the body is starving. And by the way. I don't believe that the body believes it's starving. If you don't eat for four, five, six, eight hours even. I don't think it freaks out. In the way that people think it does. Anyway. Again. These are shorter answers to questions. If you came up to me and asked me this question at a party, I would say you're going to lose weight if you don't take in as many calories. But what often happens is people go long periods of time without eating. And then when they eat, they overeat as a result. It is that simple. It is that simple. And I don't ascribe to any way of eating that is not something you are going to do long term. So, of course, my brother's losing weight. But he also, to be honest, when he does eat, he's not eating the healthiest thing. So we had a discussion about that. So we've talked about that how many times on this podcast. When it comes to a calorie is a calorie. Yes, when it comes to weight loss. So in other words, you can intermittent fast and then just eat Cheetos and M&Ms. As long as your calories are low, you're going to lose weight. You're not going to be super healthy. You're not going to build muscle. You're not going to get the nutrition you need. But that's the confusion, the garbage, when there's that discussion about a calorie is not a calorie. When it comes to pure weight loss, yes, it is. That, those studies are strong. So when it comes to fasting, my experience has been, People who fast get really hungry, and it's, it's unsustainable. So if you want that short-term fix, if you want to go one day, I always say if you want to do a one-day kind of juice fast where you drink green juices and red juices and, and kind of a reset of sorts, I'm okay with 24 hours, but I'm going to leave it at that. So the goal with eating is to learn how to eat, to learn the foods you can eat. When people say they don't like exercise to me, I say, no, you just haven't found what you enjoy because exercise feels good. I'm not a huge fan of swimming, as I've said innumerable times on this show, but I'm a huge fan of running and other things. So you got to find your exercise and similarly, you have to find your healthy foods. And guess what, people? I would say there's probably way more options when it comes to healthy food than it does The most common forms of exercise. Obviously, there's so many different forms. So when it comes to eating, though, you can find so many foods. So that should be the goal. So if you asked me this question, I would say, sure, short term, you're probably going to lose weight if you fast correctly. But if the wheels fall off, you're in trouble. And that's the problem. The wheels fall off for most people. And here's the final point. I believe we need to eat healthy foods to get all of those things that healthy foods give us. It is not just about not eating. It's about eating healthy foods that are protective against disease. Protective against so many different things. So the goal shouldn't be to not eat. The goal should be for optimal health to find what you can eat. How's that? It's a little longer than I normally normally would give if we were one-on-one. But that's it. I want you to find what you can eat. And I've said, for me, it's a Mediterranean-style diet. I deprive myself of nothing. It's portion size. It's quality over quantity. It's mixing it up. It's a colorful plate. And I am the opposite of intermittent fasting because I need to fuel my brain and my body. Let me say it one final time. Brain and body. Food is fuel, people. So we got to figure out, you have to figure out what fuel works for you. Enough said on that. So sure, it works short term. But are you going to lose muscle? Are you going to slow down your metabolism because you lose muscle? And we talked about that on prior shows as well. So there you go. Number two. Love this one. What are some exercises for the hourglass figure? A slim waist and a thicker lower body. Now this goes to a story I have told before bears repeating because it goes right to this. There are those who preach here are the exercises. Here are the workouts you should do for your body type. Now that plays into the spot reduction myth to a huge part. It also plays into the bulk myth. Like, Oh my gosh, there are certain celebrity trainers who won't let women do a squat or a lunge because of that bulk myth. All right? And I tell the story that the first opportunity I ever had to be on a major TV show many, many years ago was to play into some new author's book about exercises for your body type. And they weren't even scientific body types. They were body types he came up with. They sounded really cool. I'm not going to give the title of the book. doesn't matter. But he totally played into those myths. And he created brand new science, and they wanted me to come on and support that and talk about it and be an exercise person who reinforced what he was saying. And I said, well, I I can talk about ectomorphs, mesomorphs, and endomorphs. I can talk about that. They said, no, no, we want you to talk about his. And I said, well, I can't because that's not science. And they said, well, you can't be on the show. So everyone needs to do full body workouts, full body you can't tell your body where to reduce fat stores from, and you want to have lean muscle all over your body. Lean muscle. Now I know people go, "What is lean muscle? Muscle. <laughs> muscle. I'm going to keep saying lean muscle because we do. But muscle. Muscle is the only natural way you can increase your metabolism 24 hours a day seven days a week. Now, if you are how do I say this the right way?. Uh, You don't have to go super heavy. If you tend to carry more weight in your lower body, that doesn't mean you don't do squats and lunges. It means you do your entire body just like everybody else because you want to be strong. And the worst thing you can do is stay away from a certain region and then get injured. So in other words, stay away from the lower body and then have weak muscles around your knees and get injured. And then you can't exercise at all. So. When it comes to the hourglass figure, I want you to do upper body and lower body and core exercises. You need to be strong all over, and it's about healthy. So don't worry about target toning, and the Instagram and social media world is filled with exercises to target. Now, listen, I've done arm workouts, I get that, but don't think that those workouts are going to reduce the fat from the back of your arm because you're doing tricep kickbacks. It's not how the body works. It's not how the body works. Talked about that in prior shows as well. So the short answer to is I don't care what type of body type you have. I want you to do full body workouts. I don't want you to leave any body parts out. And I want you to do cardio. You're going to do strength. You're going to do cardio. You're going to be consistent. And you're going to challenge your muscles. You're going to do the overload principle. And your muscles are going to react by getting stronger and by building more muscle tissue. And that's a super healthy thing. So there you go. All right. I am not a fan of working out for your body type. Sells books, plays into the myths. You know, oh, a couple super well-known celebrity trainers who have made fortunes off of playing into that myth. And they are doing people an enormous disservice. And they were born with that body type. They did not get it from avoiding exercises. They Well, I shouldn't say that. They, they, they were born with it. And they don't do the exercises, and many of those people will have osteoporosis and different things like that. Okay, I don't want to go negative here. (laughs) So just do full-body workouts regardless, regardless. That's the answer. Number three, can you address older fitness? I am a woman in her mid-60s, and have worked out all my life, but I am having age limitations. All right, so there's a lot, as they say, to unpack here, or a couple things. Well, I am 51, first of all, so I, I now, as... Weird as it sounds, uh, older. (laughs) I feel like I'm 30, but yeah, I'm 51. So she's in her mid-60s. And so I got to read between the lines in a lot of these questions, but I've done this for a while. So I think I'm pretty close to kind of getting the gist of what she's saying. So let's let's pull it apart. She's a woman in her mid-60s. She's worked out all her life. So she is now, my guess is, she's worked out all her life, but now she's having limitations. So in other words, she can't do what she used to do. Now, I wish I knew more. I I wish I knew exactly what those limitations were, and that would help me answer. But here's the thing. As we get older, you're going to have limitations. But the amazing thing is there are so many exercises to do, and that's what a great fitness professional does. He figures out what your weak links are, and then you work around them and you strengthen them. And age, I have to say it. I have worked with some incredible uh, clients and these clients have done incredible things and they were all generally older. Cause when you're at 20, it's not so incredible to, to do some of the things when you're 60 and 70 and you achieve certain things in fitness, as many of my clients did over the years, that's pretty amazing. And my book, the micro workout plan starts and finishes with stories just like that, just like that, because that is what is so impressive. It's, When you are older and you progress, so that's the thing. As we get older, myself included, I can't go out and do what I used to do, nor do I actually want to, to a large degree. So it comes down to, yes, excessive moderation again. Now, I know that is frustrating because, again, reading between her lines, she's worked out all her life. I'm guessing she's a pretty high performer, and she expects her body to do things, and she's probably got some aches and pains and possibly some injuries as well. And that's normal as we age. So this is the population I I so especially love to work with because it is about progression. So you don't need to flip 600-pound tires and you don't need to run a sub-three-hour marathon. You just have to figure out the exercises that work for you. And that's where the science and the art are blended. And that's what, again, a, a really great trainer coach that's what they do for a client like this and let me say finally that back to the age is just a number the opening chapter of the micro workout plan is a client that i had who experienced every major issue like multiple surgeries elbows knees pulled muscles and he was a high level tennis and squash player and he loved it that much that he didn't give up and he figured it out and at 60 Mid-60s, he is beating 20-year-olds, Division One 20-year-olds. What, how did he do it? Well, you can read the book, but he, he progressed. He does everything I talk about on the show. He does all five components of fitness. So that's kind of the quick takeaway. When we reach that age, 45, 50, 55, 60, it's, it's quality over quantity is more important than ever before. And consistency is more important than ever before. And the only thing that can be, not the only thing, but I think what is truly challenging for this woman and so many other people is that you're not going to be doing what you used to do, putting the times in if you race. And that's why I always say if you are competing, compete against people in your age group. You know, she's in her mid-60s, so if she is doing 5Ks or marathons or or something like that or lifting weights, whatever it might be, stop competing against your 20-year-old self And just be healthy. I think that's the place to leave that. All right? So figure out what you can do and just focus on being as healthy as possible. And be proud of the fact that you're as healthy as possible because that's super important. And strength training is so key. And one final thing, actually. So great example is like an overhead shoulder press. Shoulder, most mobile joint in the body, most susceptible to injury, A lot of people, as they get older, they can't do an overhead shoulder press. And maybe they shouldn't. You can do front and side raises and still strengthen the shoulder without having that overhead shoulder press issue. And you can slowly get back to the point where, I mean, I would most often want you to be able to do overhead shoulder presses, but it's not the end of the world if you can't. In other words, you can strengthen it differently. And there are infinite number of exercises and ways to do things like that to work around the issues you have and be healthy. Okay. And be proud. She's in her 60s. You're working out. I'm proud of you. Let's take one final quick break. When we come back, we got the final three. So we did three. We got three more great questions. When we come back from the break, final three questions. We'll be right back.
4: It's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
3: Listener mailbag number two. I love doing these shows. And as I said in the open, I have a whole bunch of questions to get to. So there will be many more shows just like this. So if you've asked me a question through social media, through my website, I will get to that question in a show. All right. So there's, these are just, there's six questions, but there's such a great mix. And this one, I, 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 I love them all, but this one I love even more for this reason. So here it is. I have a question. How does having a physical job factor into your overall fitness program? Every day I walk about 10 to 15,000 steps. My job requires frequent lifting of 40 pounds. On an average day, I am on my feet six out of eight hours a day. Can you see where we're going here? Now, this I bolded because it's so important and I put it in italics. Not trying to replace actual exercise. Just wondering what role it plays. And thanks. uh, Oh, here. Thanks for all the awesome info and a new way to torture my wife. (laughs) Uh, Not trying to replace actual exercise. So I keep going back to the analogy as if this was at a party. This guy came up to me at a party and go dude you're killing it. You're killing it. And I always talk about the blue zones because it is such a great example of anecdotal really strong anecdotal along with the science. Blue zones a book about different regions in the world where clusters of people live ridiculously long time past 100, you know, many of them. And what do they have in common? Well, guess what they all have in common? They don't go to the gym. They have really active lifestyles. Now, yes, the gym can be important because we are sitting so long. You are not, sir. You are on your feet six out of eight hours a day. You are lifting 40 pounds. You have an amazing job. You are probably going to live, if you control all your other factors, a really long time. And the fact that you apologize, not trying to replace actual exercise is, is funny, <laughs> is, is interesting, but I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. So if you are walking 10,000, 15,000 steps just in your job and again on your feet and lifting 40 pounds, 40 pounds is heavy. uh, The gym is not your biggest concern because that is where we get healthy people. Listen to the show I did on NEAT, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Then listen to the show I did about you can't outrun your fork. These all play into one another. It all is for a reason, people. So, yes, exercise at the gym and at home is valuable. But what you do outside those, you know, (laughs) if you exercise, if you go to the gym three, four times a week for an hour, how many other hours in the day do you have to sit on your butt and do nothing and eat unhealthy foods? So, yes, the gym is important because we have to counteract all the, the sitting. But it has to be an adjunct. The gym is an adjunct to me. It's a supplement to everything else you do throughout the day. So, sir, you are killing it. But let me say this before I, you know, finish answering this question. I want to finish by saying, if you were a client of mine, we'd figure out what you, are you like, what are you doing with that 40 pounds? So I want to make sure that we strengthen you and we stretch you. So because you are on your feet and lifting heavy things throughout the day, Going to make sure that you're lifting things correctly. So we're going to look at your form. We are going to get your core really strong. Really strong. Because my guess is that 40 pounds is being moved in difficult ways. Three planes, right? Bending down, picking up. So we want to make sure your core is super strong. And then the exercises you do are going to be the adjunct to what you do all day. And then we're going to stretch you. Make sure you have a good flexibility program because I'm guessing too that you may be tight just by doing the same repetitive movements. But here's a final thing too. Stretching, big debate, did a whole show on that. Movement is one of the best things you can do for flexibility, even lifting things. But we get tight. We get tight for two reasons, as I said in that show. Too much of the same movement and too little. Repetitive over and over, things get short or not moving. So that's it, sir. You are killing it in a good way. How lucky that you have that great job. You're not stuck behind a desk all day long as so many people are. So you are not replacing actual exercise. You are exercising. You are doing one of the most important things. You are being active throughout the day. Okay. So your workouts are to complement and, and help just correct anything that's going on with your body as a result of what you are doing throughout the day. But that's your exercise. Awesome. Love it. All right. God, great mix of questions here. Number five, I've been running competitively for a while, for 45 plus years, and I'm starting to have recurrent calf strains. I see people with the calf compression socks and wondered what your take is on using them. Do they help anything or are they just fashion statements? Do they hurt anything? And I underlined that. Because that is such a smart question. Uh, So there's so much here. (laughs) There's so much here. And this is the question I was talking about. I'm going to have about three podcasts that come out of this one question. I already have, you know, uh, a bunch of these topics ready to go and just reiterates uh, how important they are. I get this question all the time. All the time. And back to that client who's the first chapter in my book, calf issues, men, as we get older, calf strains are so common. Why is the question, right? One of my just things that I have seen over the years, interpretations of that is that we are losing those fast twitch muscle fiber connections. In other words, we are, you know, you're lifting weights. You may be on an elliptical, but then you go out and you try to play tennis or basketball or play with the kids, sudden starts and stops, lateral movements, quick plyometric, uh, you know, muscle movements, you're asking your body to react quickly in many different directions. And the calf quite often bears the brunt of that and you tweak it and that hurts and that stays around for a while. So there are two things going on here or two ways I want to answer this. And I I literally have gotten this question at so many cocktail parties. So we got to figure out. So the calf compression socks, they can help. Let me backtrack a little bit. Got to figure out the cause, right? Right. And that's so often not done. So strength training is going to help you. And I want you to do strength training for your calves, calf raises, you know, couple exercises for your calves to strengthen them. And then here, though, is the huge takeaway that has worked wonders with so many clients of mine uh, over the years. And is this a cure-all? Absolutely not. Panacea, there's no such thing. But I found incredible, incredible success with this over time but you have to be progressive so it's plyometrics so it is jumping up and down off a box here's the thing though not six feet not five feet not four feet basically as high as your knees is where i want you to kind of start and stay so a sturdy box not a wood box not a metal box because when you miss i don't want you to get those injuries that dr brad schoenfeld and i talked about or no it was uh i'm wrong Oh, it'll come to me. Uh, Mike Boyle. We we talked about that. So something softer, plastic, rubber, they make them now. And I want you to step back off. So you jump up onto the box. You step back off because jumping back off, if you're 20, 30, you're a high-level athlete, you can do that. Not to do what I'm trying to do right now, though. All right? So jump up, step back off, one to three sets, 10 to 15 repetitions. Okay? You're going to get your body and your calves and those fast twitch muscle fibers moving, strengthening, and reacting in the way you want them to when you want them to. All right? And then one other one. So you've got the box around your knee height, and then I want just something like one step, one or two inches off the ground, I want you to do the same thing with single leg. Super challenging, especially as we get older, but that unilateral work is so important. So one or two... Inches off the ground, one to three sets, 10 to 15 repetitions, one leg at a time. All right? And now to the compression socks. And I love the way you worded this. Do they help anything or are they just fashion statements? Going to do this in a whole other podcast. And I know some people say, Tom, stop alluding to shows yet. Well, (laughs) it's not here yet. But your question, your final question, do they hurt anything? No. So like everything else in fitness, there's mixed research, and I will talk about that in the uh, new podcast when I talk about compression socks. And compression gear is generally utilized for two things, increased performance and increased recovery. And let me finish with this. You know, when I first started doing Ironman triathlons, no one used them. Then all of a sudden, everyone was wearing them, triathlons, marathons, and everything. And then some people still use them, but then they were wearing them before and after the race to recover. So, your final question is Do they hurt anything? Not that I've ever seen or read any research on. So, they may improve performance. We'll talk about that again, different show. They may improve recovery. Here's the thing they feel good. And if you think they're working and they help you mentally, that is fine. And they're not $900 or $500 or $300 as so many recovery things are. So, for a relatively inexpensive investment, and as long as you're okay with the fashion statement, that's a huge part of it too. You try them out, try them out, see how they work for you. But we got to strengthen. So it's not the cure all. We got to figure out why you have the strain, right? And my guess is, again, it's a strength imbalance. It's a, a plyometric solution. And I have found great success with plyometric box jumps, bilateral and unilateral. Okay, awesome. Oh my gosh, I'm loving these questions. Final question. Can you please do a show on recovery and the best ways to recover? And uh, there's a lot in here, obviously. Also, I had to mix up training methods or how to mix up training methods to reduce soreness. The value of foam rolling, walking, etc. I do cardio three to four times per week and strength training three times per week. I'm 36 years old. Recently got back into strength training, but find hamstrings are always sore and quads from time to time. All right. Kind of a lot going on here, but again, I'm going to pull out what they're asking about. 36, recently got back into strength training, but find hamstrings are always sore and quads from time to time. Soreness is okay. Remember, I did that show on delayed onset muscle soreness. The eccentric contractions, that is a huge part of soreness. It's not lactic acid, did a show on that. So what is making this person sore? Uh, They're doing cardio, they said, three to four times per week. And strength training three times per week. So I love that mix, by the way. But they just recently got back into strength training. So my question would be, how many weeks? You know, is it just a couple? Sounds like it if they say recent. So you're going to be sore. We all know that. Either when you start for the first time or take time off or do something totally different, we all get sore. And I love that soreness, to be honest. Uh, But there's a difference between sore and pain. So what they're saying here, too, is... uh, Hamstrings are always sore and quads from time to time. So the short answer to this, we're at a party. You asked me this question. I want you to do a good mix of lower body exercises. Don't go too heavy. So that is a question too. Is this person going super heavy, especially at the start? You don't have to, Uh, especially when you're starting out, depending on your goals. So I want lunges. I want squats. I want unilateral exercises. I want a lot of body weight to really build that base of strength. And then, you know, then the question is tightness. She says, sore. She's not really saying tight. She's saying sore. So I think my guess is educated guess with the limited information here, just got back into strength training. That's one reason this person's sore. And then the question is, are you lifting super heavy? Be careful with that. And just make sure You do a great mix of lower body strength work and then you need to recover. So ideally if they're doing strength training three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, need that recovery time in between. Right. But you're going to be sore. Sore is okay. Sore is, is the body, you know, you, you, you did the overload principle correctly. You don't want to be too sore. You don't want to be sore all the time. So it is a great question, but you just got back into strength training, my guess is stick with it, mix up your routines, use appropriate amounts of weight, do a nice full body workout with, uh, if you're doing it three days a week, I would generally want you to be doing a full body workout every day. Uh, If you went four days a week to strength training, you could go upper body, lower body, upper body, lower body. That would be a way to split it up. But, uh, All of the other things you talked about, foam rolling, walking, you can try all of those things, and generally speaking, they're going to help a little bit, but by and large, as I talked about, when you do strength training and the eccentric contraction, that is tiny little muscle tears in your muscle tissue, and they just have to repair. So mix it up, make sure you're recovering, you're not pushing it too hard, and you will be fine, all right? Such great questions. Such great questions. So keep them coming. I, I love hearing from you. And again, I've so many great ones to answer in, in future shows and I love kind of mixing them up. So you get a mix of everything here. We talked about fasting, talked about, you know, exercising, uh, workouts for your body type, older fitness, gosh, got it all here. Um, having a really active job <laughs> is that exercise or felt guilty for not going to the gym. Calf strain, So common. And recovery, recovery is as I've talked about in other shows, a huge new market. There's it, it's just exploded, and you know you got to be careful. And that's why when we talked about the calf strains and recovery, uh, you know methods for that, compression socks, really cheap alternative. Now there are boots that cost thousands of dollars. There's so many different things that are really expensive, massage guns, and a, People reach out to me about those two. That's why I love his final question. Do they hurt anything? as long as they're not hurting you and you're not spending too much money that you don't have? you got to try a lot of different things and that's the huge issue with fitness and nutrition and the etiology of pain and recovery. I can't tell you how many times perfect way to kind of bring this all home. Someone will say I had this issue, and then I put on these copper socks and all of a sudden just solved my problem. Really? Maybe if you hadn't done anything, it had just run its course and it was going to feel good anyway. I've had those people who said, you know, in a marathon mile 20, I drank the orange Gatorade, ruined my race. I was finished. It was all the orange Gatorade's fault. Orange. You go, "Mm, maybe it was mile 20. (laughs) Maybe. So in other words, it is so difficult to, figure out the absolute causes of so many things. And that's why this show exists. And that's why we look at all these different studies and all of my clients over the years, my experiences with them, my experiences with myself. And then we try to make sense of it. And any doctor or fitness professional who, when you say I have plantar fasciitis and they'll say, Oh, here's the absolute reason cause for it. Here's the absolute solution. Uh, If that were, if it were that simple, we wouldn't have those issues because we, we'd know exactly what the cause is. There are multiple causes and there are multiple solutions. So as long as it doesn't hurt you, as long as we start intelligently and progress and take it from a scientific perspective, along with what works and what doesn't, then we're going to get you there. All right, enough. Thank you so much for all these questions. Hope you enjoy these listener mailbag shows. I do. I love hearing from you. There are, No dumb questions. I hate even using the word dumb and I hate using the word hate because my mom told me not to use that word many years ago. But that's what this show is about. We're going to make sense of it. My only goal with this show is to help you be as healthy and as happy as possible. That's it. That's it. And I love what I do and I'll be doing it for many years to come. And I thank you for listening and I thank you for reaching out and... If you have not yet rated the show, I would love for you to do that. If you have time, it takes a couple seconds. And any questions or comments, Tom H. Fit, my Instagram, as well as my Twitter. And you can go right to Fitness Disrupted. Many of you are emailing me through the site. I love that as well. Questions, keep them coming. I love it. And there are too many myths, and they thanks to social media, they persist more so than ever before. So we're going to get through them. And I am living proof of one that at 51 in many races, you can be super healthy, regardless of your age and what you've done. You just have to be smart and follow excessive moderation. Thank you for listening. I am Tom Holland, exercise physiologist. Have an awesome day. Thank you for listening and believe in yourself. Fitness Disrupted is a production of iHeartRadio.
0: June 30th, 2024.